Welcome back to Bat Rankings. Come for Batman, but stay for Zuko. <laughs> uh, you know, Zuko truly is a tragic character. The way his father, the Fire Lord, burned his eye, and uh, oh, wrong Zuko. Uh, that's <laughs> what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's from the other very good animated series <laughs> of a very different time. Different times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your head scientist, Ben Creighton. Hi, everybody. I'm Kenny Wendorski. And we watched Robin's Reckoning today. Yes, we did. But before we get into that, I've got something for you, Kenny. Oh, boy. Is it a pony? Uh, it's uh, it's it's better. Another one of our listeners, uh, going by Spaz Waza, oh. has subjected his brain to Hammerman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. He watched, uh, he watched the same one that we did last time, Rapolian. I wonder if it broke his muse device. I just, let's find out. I still play that back in my head. I'm like, God, <laughs> my brain must have just shut down. <laughs> in the Hammerman episode, Rapolian... A diminutive Frenchman with a three-foot-tall bouffant that is somehow also a mullet decides he needs to be taller to break into the rap game. So he steals a hair from Hammerman's head because it is the secret final ingredient to his growth formula, which backfires and turns out to shrink things. So he decides that if he can't get bigger, he'll just shrink everything else in the city and be the biggest that way this formula by the way was come up with from his head scientist it's one of those duh which button do i push again boss type henchman but in a lab coat so it's fine uh definitely felt like i was taking crazy pills watching this episode and i think i'm going to go lie down <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I'm, pr I'm pretty sure it broke him like it broke us. Yes. Maybe it is that episode. It might be. Yeah. Because the first one didn't hit us that hard. It, yeah. I, it was. <laughs> I mean, it did, but not like Rapolian did. Yeah. That one uh, just. Man, I, I don't have a, a way to describe how it just baffled us. Yeah. Which is. I, I mean, the, the first one that we watched, the um, Nobody's Perfect, that was more incoherent, and yet... It was entertaining, sort of. I, sort of? And this one was not entertaining, yeah. and... Don't and, don't watch Hammerman, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, especially Rapolian. Yeah. Um, so, but thank you very much for your, um, <laughs> your synopsis. I could feel your pain through your words. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, but, but thank you very much for, for, for taking the time to, to do that. That was awesome. <laughs> well, if, if anybody wants to not take our advice and watch more <laughs> Hammerman, I mean, we'll keep playing them if you keep sending yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's this gentleman again? That, that was uh, Spazwaza. Spazwaza, thank you very much. That that was awesome. Thank you for... <laughs> actually, I'm sure you're mad at us now. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't quit listening to us. We promise. Thank you, and we're so, so sorry. We, uh, yes. <laughs> I suppose we owe you money for that. <laughs> Checks in the mail, my man. <laughs> Well, today we watched something far better than yes, Hammerman. We did, yeah. Which is any Batman episode other than I've got Batman in my basement. 
<laughs> and this is according to science, so you can't disprove it. Yeah. Well, we haven't haven't run the full science on this episode <laughs> yet, but let's let's just say I have my suspicions that it will clock in higher than Hammerman, but we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hypothesis. Now let's test it. Yes. <laughs> now I didn't know this. I was doing a little research on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the first part of this episode won an Emmy. Yeah. For an achievement in a uh, half hour program or less. So uh, <laughs> good for them. Congratulations on your 1993 uh, Emmy Award. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's two Emmy Awards now for uh, Batman the Animated Series that we've witnessed. Yeah. First one being Heart of Ice. Yes. So uh, there's that. And also this episode had a stellar cast that included... Uh, <laughs> Thomas Wilson, I believe is his name. Yes. Uh, best known as, of course, the gym teacher from Freaks and Geeks. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, some uh, a, a small indie project called Back to the Future. He right. was in that, too. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if you kids have heard of this movie. It's, it's actually a collection of three movies. It's called Back to the Future. Yes. You should look into it. It's pretty good. Yes. In, in Back to the Future, they go neither back nor to the future. It's it, a non-indicative title. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Robin's Reckoning. Yes. So we open up with with Batman and Robin on a stakeout. There's some sort of we later find out that this is some sort of extortion racket. But as the episode opens, we really don't know what the heist is, but they're staking out this construction site and some some mooks show up and we get this scene shows us a nice little reintroduction to Batman and Robin's dynamic. Robin's very eager. He wants to get into the action when they swoop in and. And fight the bad guys. Robin's making with the quips. He's taunting them. Yeah. He is very much like the child insert. Like, he he is the wish fulfillment as the audience. I wish I could pal around with Batman, and that would be so much fun. And Batman would be all grumpy and quiet, but I'd just be having the time of my life. Yeah. Uh, That was the first thing I noticed. uh, At the very beginning, they're back and forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just kind of, uh-huh. He doesn't really say too much, and... Robin says too much, and it's it's fun uh, seeing the dynamic between the two, the two actors, uh, Lauren Lester and uh, Kevin Conroy. I I imagine them in the sound booth, kind of like us right now. Yeah. Um, Do me a favor, say the word Kevin. Kevin. Okay, now I'll splice that in so you don't call him Kurt Conroy next time. Did I say that? <laughs> said, oh Kurt my Con- bad. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'm just giving you my grief. My brain, my brain don't work good. It's like when just, I said uh, just thinking about Hammerman did that to you. <laughs> it's it's like uh, like you're having acid flashbacks. I heard uh, myself say uh, <laughs> clicking talk in one episode. Yep. <laughs> I was like, good God, me brain work no good. <laughs> you know what? Kurt Conroy it is. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Kurt Conroy, also a great voice actor. Legally change your name, sir. <laughs> so I am correct. <laughs> no, Kevin Conroy, don't do that. <laughs> but so they have a little fight scene, and I'm immediately noticing this episode is beautifully animated. Yes. And I looked it up. Part one, animated by Spectrum. Okay. So, yeah, one them. of our top tier studios. Uh, part two, Don Yang. Still Don very Yang. good. Yes. Yeah, very strong. So both parts very, very strong. Part one maybe a little bit prettier, but it's a narrow thing. I concur. Yes, part one is a little bit better. Yeah. But uh, so two out of the three of these mooks flee. Batman says, let him go. We just need this guy. And one of them's dangling from the rafters after this elaborate fight sequence. Mm -hmm. 
and Batman and Robin are are grilling him. Uh, they threaten to walk away and let him fall at one point. They're trying to get a name out of him. Who planned this operation? Right. And he finally lets it spill. It's Billy Marin. Which means nothing to us. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Means, but it means something. Everything yeah, to Batman. Yeah. Means nothing to Robin either. Robin's, right. you know, still still doing his interrogation routine. And Batman says, says, Robin, go get the Batmobile. That's it for tonight. And as soon as Robin is out of earshot, he leans extra hard on this dude. Yeah. Tell me everything about Billy Marin. Yeah. And uh, so they, they head back to the Batcave and... And Batman says, okay, you're taking the rest of the night off. I'm doing, the, I'm working the rest of this case alone. And he will not explain why. And Robin's pretty pissed about this. Right. He thought everything was fine. Uh, but as soon as he said the name, I uh, gets the cold shoulder from Bruce. Yeah. Uh, Bruce and tells him, hey, this is the way it is. You know how it's done. I can do whatever I want. I'm Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's their arrangement. That is apparently a pre-agreed arrangement between the two of them is Batman calls all the shots. Robin calls none of the shots. Right. Sometimes Batman's just going to give an order and Robin is just expected to obey without question. Right. But Robin's, he's not happy about this. He's, you know, he's a grown ass man at this point. He's yeah. off at college. Like, Hey, come on, man. Just let's let's have some give and take, partner. And Batman's just nope, you're out. And he takes off. And yep. Alfred's there, and Alfred's even is kind of like, hey, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss something? And yeah. uh, Robin's like, that's what I'd like to know. Yeah, yeah. Alfred and Robin have a little uh, little scene between the two of them where Alfred's uh, kind of trying to make the case for you know it's it's just the way he is. Like, please don't be too hard on him. And Robin's like, no, he shuts me out. He's He's cold and and you you get the distinct impression that this is not just about what's happened tonight. This is about Robin wanting to be treated as more of an equal partner. Right. And and wanting more emotional availability from Batman that Batman's just not giving him. Yeah. This is a an ongoing dispute between the two of them. But meanwhile, uh Batman looks up on the back computer looks at his files on on billy Marin, and yeah one of his alias he has a list of aliases including one that you remembered sid the squid Sid the squid <laughs> that's a that's a name that's gonna come up at least one more time yeah yeah i always like that sid the squid that's a really good gangster yeah, is, name yeah <laughs> he's slippery you know he's yeah. got tentacles everywhere he's like a squid that boy <laughs> I, I always i don't here we are in our late 30s and that name's yep. still in my head <laughs> it rhymes it's it's got alliteration it's very poetic it's yeah sid the squid yeah but that's not the uh, <laughs> that's not the name that matters for the purposes of this episode. The one that matters is presumably this person's original uh, birth name, Tony Zuko. Now that does strike a bell. Yeah, with both Batman and with Alfred, who is present in this scene too. Yes. Uh, so we we get a flashback at this. Moment, yeah, that's right? when we get our first flashback, and the rest of this two-parter is just constantly intercutting between flashbacks and present day action. But you can tell uh, it's not jarring. You can tell when it's a different. Uh, the shading of the film is slightly, I'd say, grayer. Yeah, it's it's not. I really like the effect that they use because yeah, it's just they tone down the colors just a little bit, but not quite enough to go like full black and white or sepia tone. Yeah, doesn't call attention to itself. But you always know. And sets, uh, props, costumes, yeah. characters that we know and have been watching 
they do look noticeably younger. Yeah, noticeably, but but subtly. And yeah. one of the touches, I don't know if you noticed, Batman's costume. Yes. Yeah, his insignia on his chest, anytime it's a flashback, is just the bat without the yellow oval. And his uh, utility belt was a little bit bulkier. It yeah. looked more uh, like individual sections of pockets as opposed to which is just kind of a wrapped around yellow belt in the series that we know. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. Very, very, yeah. Nice, subtle little design touches, which I really appreciated. But uh, in this, in this flashback, uh, we get the flying Graysons. Yep. Dick's uh, birth family, Dick Grayson, Robin's birth family, this family of trapeze artists, acrobats in Mm -hmm. the, in this circus. You see just a little establishing shot of them performing, practicing, and then Dick sees the owner of the circus, Mr. Haley, throwing Tony Zuko out of his trailer, saying, you're a two-bit extortionist, I will never pay protection money to to a hoodlum like you. Yes. And yeah, that's when we hear his voice, and yeah, right away. (laughs) He... He's got a voice that is so distinctive, but it's a natural voice. Yeah. Some voice actors, and it's nothing wrong with, maybe they're just uncomfortable with the surroundings of having a microphone, but it can feel a little formulaic. I'm reading a page, and this is my acting voice. This guy, Thomas, (laughs) has no problem with that. Yeah. He just makes his words just, it's natural. He comes off as uh, this dick. Yeah. (laughs) It's perfect. So what's it to you, butthead? He is a criminal, but he is not. Like, we've had our, you know, our Rupert Thorns, our Stromwells, our, our mobsters, uh, who who come across as very put together and, and intimidating. And this character comes across as exactly what he is. He is a low-level hoodlum. Yeah. He's just kind of an asshole who, you imagine him being an <laughs> asshole like, like Biff Tannen all through you know, high school, and then deciding, you know what? I'm pretty good at this being an asshole thing. I wonder if there's a career opportunity for being a professional asshole in a in a professional capacity. I think, uh, and I think for, it's Andrea Romano, I believe. She mm-hmm. does the casting for yep. uh, most of the DC stuff. I think she's kind of taking the step back now. Yeah. But I mean, this stuff's been going on for 20 years or so. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling like she... When she was trying to look up like this character, the voice, she's like, "Yeah, I already know who I'm casting. We'll, we'll do a couple of you know test ones, but I already know who I'm going to cast. The bully from Back to the Future." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have a a performance by the Flying Graysons that night. They're getting ready to go on stage, and in disguise, Tony Zuko is. We see him. With a with a little pocket knife cutting some of the ropes, yep. and Dick sees him, doesn't see what he's doing, sees him just as he's leaving, and recognizes him. Like, wait, he's not supposed to be here. What's going on? But his mom shoes him. Like, no, we don't have time for this. We got to go on stage. Yep. Well, beautifully, beautifully shot. So we get also established. Bruce Wayne is in the audience. Yeah, he wanted to go to circus too. Yeah, he's apparently a patron of the arts. Yeah. He's the uh, the <laughs> ringmaster calls him out. You know, one of our biggest supporters, Bruce Wayne, is here. Tell me, doctor, do you like the circus? Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in in a beautiful shot, uh, you see in silhouette Dick's parents flying out on the trapeze. It's intercutting with the fraying rope. 
and you see them fly over mm-hmm. through the spotlight, out of the spotlight, and the camera holds, they fly out of frame, and then the frayed end of the rope and then swings back. Boom. And the music, uh, the whole orchestra just... Yeah, you see the crowd reactions. The, yeah. It's, Bruce stands up, you know, in shock. Yeah, and this is apparently one of those things where they had to... They had to be really, really careful with what they could get on children's network television. This was about as much as they could do. And it's it's perfect. I it think is, it's more emotional. Yeah. Uh, what they did here is probably... I mean, it hits the hammer on the nail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it is very affecting. And, you know, we cut to the aftermath. Uh, young Dick Grayson is explaining to then-Lieutenant Gordon... I knew something was wrong. I should have done something or said something. I knew he didn't belong there. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bruce, just concerned citizen slash rich white guy who can get into any police (laughs) (laughs) investigation he wants. Uh, Also personal friend of Jim Gordon. uh, Just kind of walks onto the scene and has a little chat with Gordon. Gordon says, yeah, this kid's a material witness. I'm really afraid that that this Zuko character might try to come after him. I'm going to have to put into him into some kind of protective custody, safe house, I don't know. And Bruce says, hey, I might be able to help. Yep. And cut to Dick being driven up to stately Wayne Manor with evocative bats flying through the scenery. Yeah. And Any kid would be terrified of this. I mean, obviously, yeah. he just lost his parents. So his emotional state must be just... <laughs> <laughs> shock and awe and then here he is going to this ginormous mansion like you said with bats around yeah and, uh, creepy gothic and, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we uh so we get uh, in our next next few consecutive scenes we get the impression that uh alfred is largely taking care of dick bruce is trying to be kind to him but he's also leaving him alone a lot of the time to go investigate, try and get a hold of Zuko, who has gone into hiding. There's right. so much so much pressure on him. Uh, we see, see Batman uh, uh, lean on, it turns out, speaking of Stromwell, that turns out to be Zuko's uncle. Yep. And that's who Zuko is staying with. Batman uh, interrogates a much younger Stromwell than we've seen. I don't know why I lit up so much. I was like, hey, Stromwell's in this. <laughs> yeah, remember <Good> him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was nice to see. I, I guess it's just fun to see characters that we already know in this uh, you know, timeline, this continuation. So. Yeah, yeah. There's all these, all these minor characters that it could have just been any, just been a generic mobster guy for this episode, but... Yeah, we've got a name, we've got a voice, we've got a design. Let's yeah. bring Stromwell back. Yeah. Why not? And for only showing up in this one scene, Stromwell's great because he holds holds tough against Batman. Batman pretends to give up and go away, but really bugs his his room. Right. And Zuko comes out like, "Yeah, you sure showed him, Uncle Uncle Stromwell, <laughs> Uncle Arnie." And Stromwell <laughs> yeah, smacks him across the face with a newspaper. Now why don't you make like a tree? And get out of here. It's leave, you idiot. Look what you've brought down on my house. Yeah. You're nothing. You are no longer part of this family. Kicks him out of the family. Yeah. Because he brought Batman in. Uh, so Zuko is now without family and is on the run. Yep. And, and Batman 
has flushed him out of hiding. He feels like he can feel it. He's really close to bringing him in. But Alfred, as as Batman's getting ready to leave for another night of investigating, says, look, revenge can wait. This child needs someone. He needs you right yeah. now. Yeah. And they have quite possibly the the best scene in this entire two-parter, in my opinion, is this scene where Bruce decides, you know what, you're right, Alfred. He decides to take a night off from crime fighting and go and actually spend some time with this young man that he's brought into his care yep. and opens up. Like, the the complaint that, that Robin had or will have in the future is he's cold, he's emotionless, you know, he's not available to me. In this scene, Bruce is available to him. He becomes vulnerable and shares his experience of losing his parents and mm. opens up to him emotionally in a way that that really works. Yeah. Like, for all the friction that they have later on in their relationship, this moment might be why... Dick stuck around for so long. It shows their connection through tragedy and it does it in a way that isn't over the top. It's very subtle. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's probably the best part of this two part episode. Does the hurt ever go away? I wish I could say yes, but it will get better in time for you. For you. (laughs) (laughs) Because it never got better for Bruce. (laughs) No. Yeah. But I mean, that's that is why he is bringing this young man in because he wants wants it to be better, easier somehow for Dick than it than it was for Bruce. Yeah, yeah. And that's when we flash back to the present, and because at this point Dick has overheard, he's he's figured out that Batman in the present is going after Zuko, and he radios Batman. How could you take me off this case? You know how much I want Zuko. Stay out of it, but I've waited half my life. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) And once again, Alfred is put into, put in between the two of them saying, please don't be so hard on him. Please just do as he says. Not this time, Alfred. Maybe not ever again. To be continued. And then wait a week. Yep. Because apparently this episode debuted and you had to wait an actual week before the second part happened. Yep. Yeah. That's that's how it worked back in the day. We didn't have uh, didn't have Netflix, didn't have Amazon yep. Prime, didn't have Blu-rays or DVDs. So where are they? Where can they find you, Ben? Fortunately, on this podcast, nope, back yeah. to back, back to back to back, back to back, Batman. And we can tell in this second part the animation is slightly different, but like Ben had said, it's not bad. It's yeah, it's still good. It's just slightly different. Yeah, compared to any other animation studio than Spectrum, this would be this part two would be a standout episode animation wise. And honestly, I think the only reason why you and I kind of noticed it is we did watch it back to back so yeah if you'd no... watch these two a week apart you might never have even noticed that there was a difference in the animation in fact, i guarantee you i didn't notice as a kid yeah so, um but yeah here we go with part two uh robin is yeah he's gonna go uh track batman down so that way he can track mm. batman tracking zuko yes <laughs> but uh batman figures it out he's got a little thing in his batmobile that says he's being traced right now by robin he says no i told you no and he clicks a button 
And Robin sees that he clicked the button off. He's like, damn. All right. <laughs> well, I'll find him like I did back in the day. Yeah. So we allude to Robin was a detective at one point. Yeah. So more flashbacks. We've got. So, okay. Lieutenant Gordon shows up in, in the past in, at stately Wayne Manor and just lays out the entire investigation about Zuko before Bruce Wayne. Here's my theory. Okay. Now, we know these two are close. We know that they're good friends. We know that Lieutenant Gordon comforted young Bruce Wayne after his parents uh, were killed, and, and they've had an ongoing relationship since then. Okay. My theory, Gordon knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. you were going to say he that. He has always known. He doesn't make a big deal out of it. I I don't see it that way. And I said that's my theory. Actually, that's nonsense. That's my headcanon. That's what I want to believe. I don't think it actually holds up if you look at how fucking dumb Jim Gordon is in certain episodes. But in episodes like this, that's what I want to believe. Gotcha. That he actually knows what's going on. And <laughs> I think he was telling Bruce because Bruce at the time was just temporary care. Mm-hmm. I think he was telling Bruce... Way too much information, but in his own way of giving him a timeline that, hey, I know you're watching this kid. Mm -hmm. We need to do this and this and this. If it doesn't happen by then, then, you know, it's not going to happen. So estimated time of you watching over Dick is uh, Mm -hmm. maybe a week or so. And so anyway, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't really matter too much at the end of the day. It serves the plot purpose of giving giving Batman a lead uh, and a timeline. More importantly, uh, giving young Dick Grayson, who is eavesdropping on this whole conversation, yes. uh, a timeline and a, a place to start. Zuko was last seen on the Lower East Side. Yeah. He's in deep hiding, and they, they're suspecting he's going to skip town soon. So <laughs> little Dick Grayson puts on his junior detective hat. Yeah. <laughs> his little newsboy cap. Looks like a uh, cap from the, the Great Depression time. You yeah. Know? <laughs> hops right on out of his uh, room, jumps onto a tree branch, and he's off. Yep. So he's hitting the streets. He's got a, a newspaper clipping picture of Zuko that he's just showing around to everybody at the Lower East Side. Yep. Yeah, this is my uncle who I would like to murder. Yes. Have you seen him <laughs> by chance? And nobody has. And. You know, a couple of scenes of him going to shady parts of town from a, uh, uh, what, what was it? Polly's. Yeah, uh, Fat Polly's restaurant. That's the problem with our business. Too many guys named Polly. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> Fat Polly comes out and tells him, you know, get out of here. Yep. And then, and we both, we both called this out. <laughs> he sees a woman being uh, shaken down for money by a man with whom she seems to have some sort of business relationship. This episode does all but screams, this is a prostitute and her pimp, but we can't say that. They, they, and they do a masterful job, I must say, of My talking around dropped. it. Yeah. I was like, dude, is this a hooker? Because <laughs> as a kid, I mean, I watched this episode. I, at no point did I say, oh yeah, and that's the scene with the hooker. I just, well, you know, it's Gotham. Everybody's kind of a dick in Gotham City. I didn't really put the two together. But now in my late 30s, I'm like, oh dude, 
That's a hooker. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but Dick Grayson shows up and he's like, hey. Hey, you, get your damn hands off her. <laughs> and uh, he's able to kind of save her. Yeah, fight off this pimp. And she, by way of thanks, takes him out to dinner at this diner. Yeah. Buys him a slice of pie or something. And I'm, this woman, I don't, I don't think she's the same woman. But she reminds Candace. me of Candace. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> she's got an accent though, and uh, yeah, the voice is different. She's got a similar model, but something about her face. There's a, a line. I don't know. Yeah, she's got she's got this very distinctive smirk on her face as yeah. she's doing this, and I've my eyes are glued to her the whole time. Like, what's her <laughs> angle? What's gonna happen here? She is not an innocent victim bystander, but nope, nothing comes of it. It wouldn't shock me if you know they had written her as Candace and then let the last minute they subtly were like no that's too much yeah maybe they had more plans around this character and they couldn't make it work without without bringing prostitution into the mix right. in such a way that it couldn't <laughs> you know they had to make some last minute cuts to yeah. the subplot i don't know could have been a lot of things but in my head canon yep something's up with this woman has a a super interesting story that i want to know more about right. <laughs> but spoilers kids that's it for her. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as Robin is eating his, his pie, gobbling it down because he needs to get back out onto the street, the waitress, uh, she recognizes the picture of Tony Zuko. Yeah, I know that guy. He skipped out on his bar bill. He doesn't tip. He's a real yeah. jerk. And he comes from that abandoned building across the way. Okay, yep. there's that's where he is. Yep. So, yeah, Robin, well, not Robin yet, young Dick Grayson tracks down Zuko, confronts him, and that's when Batman shows up. I'm not sure if he's been tailing Robin... I keep calling him Robin. Young Dick Grayson, (laughs) specifically, or if he's just also investigating the Lower East Side. But he's... You know, Dick Grayson saw the Batwing flying overhead at one point. He's been lurking in the background this whole time. He's been working. I don't think he was trailing Robin, but yeah, he's been been working. Uh, But Zuko runs out. uh, The kid happens to well he makes a noise he steps on a can of soda yeah uh zuko sees the kid and he's like hey great i can kill you and all my problems will be over this is terrific yeah uh but uh, batman shows up uh there's yeah, they, a scuffle young dick grayson falls into this uh, river that yeah, goes into canal, the sewer. something yeah <laughs> and batman reluctantly has to leave zuko behind and we later find out he escapes it manages to skip town and that's why he's he has made himself scarce for 9 years yeah. as of the present day and robin young dick grayson rather <laughs> <laughs> He's pissed when Batman fishes him out of the river. You had him and you let yeah. him go. Why would you do that? And, and Batman doesn't, you know, doesn't state the obvious uh, to save your life. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, loads him up into the Batmobile, says, let's go home. Yeah. Takes him to the Batcave and uncowls himself before young Dick Grayson. And uh, Alfred's like, well, I guess he's staying here indefinitely. <laughs> yeah. And- or we could kill him. You know, we do that too. <laughs> but no, he's uh, he's going to become part of the family. Yep. Which I think he was always going to be a part of the family. I think Bruce was always planning on adopting him. Yeah. I At least that was in my head canon. That's, that's what I was seeing from all of this. Yeah. I mean, I think it was very much like, I'll take care of him for a while at, on a trial basis. And if this works out, if it seems like he wants to stay 
And and in fact, he tells him in an earlier scene, this is your home for as long as you want it. Yeah. 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 And it turns out the next nine years, at yeah. least, uh, <laughs> Robin stays with him, becomes Robin, fights crime. At one point in, in part one, uh, Robin made mention of, uh, you know, yeah, this authoritarian thing worked great when I was in the sixth grade. I don't know if he meant he's been active as Robin since he was that young, but... <laughs> Let's see, sixth or, grade, how old? 10, 11, 12, is about 12 years old, 13-ish? Yeah, he looked 12 or 13, although if he's, if he's like, early college age now, that would put him at, like, somewhere between 18 and 20. Okay. So, yeah. but, you know, presumably there was some amount of training before he was right. out there punching crooks. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, back in the present day, we get a pretty standard Batman third act. We meet present day Zuko, who, speaking of subtle character design changes, he looks a little older, but the main thing, he is bug-eyed. Yeah, it's pretty... <laughs> he has been living in a state of constant paranoia for nine years. Yeah, it's a good... And it shows. It's a good uh, character design. It's not over the top. It's just enough to know that, hey, he's older now. Yeah, and Thomas Wilson plays it great. And he uh, he's super paranoid. He Makes hears, you wonder why he ever came back to Gotham. It's a good point. He says, I've only been here for five minutes. Yeah. And already the bat's on my case. Then why did you bother, dude? Yeah, like, did you? <laughs> Batman has only been been more of a public figure in the time since you've left. Go hang out in Metropolis, you man. literally could have gone anywhere else. Star City. Yeah. Uh, other uh, DC uh, Comics landmarks. <laughs> Co- uh, Coast City. Isn't that one? So it sounds like one. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, he Tommy guns up a floor. Uh, I'm sorry, a ceiling. Yeah. And that's where Batman falls down to the ground, injures his leg. Yep. They have a little chase sequence into one of Gotham's many, many creepy abandoned carnivals. <laughs> That's two abandoned places in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the hired mooks, they show up. Oh, yes, there are hired mooks. There are this. a couple of hired mooks. There's one who's, I, I called him Lupin in my notes because he's got uh, pointy chin and distinctive sideburns. Looks like Lupin the Third, if that mean, name means uh, anything doesn't, to you. Is that like a historical? It's an anime. Oh, an anime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could have lied to him and been like, yeah, that was you know president of poland in 1967 oh okay in, in fact i i wouldn't be at all surprised if uh, if spectrum has done some work on lupon the third right. they are a japanese animation studio Maybe. Maybe. uh the hired mooks uh you know they get dispatched of at one point zuko's gonna kill his own mooks to get to batman yeah they're on this uh merry-go-round that's going around too fast and zuko's about to open fire with his tommy guns and his mooks are like no you're gonna hit us yeah yeah. Uh, so what would you place these guys on the Anthony meter? I mean, they're fine, but to be honest, there is so much going on in this episode, they barely register. Okay. I'm I'm going to say just a straight-ahead 350. 350? Okay. Yeah, they... You know what? I'll... 400 for Lupin, because he's got a cool design. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, but the episode pretty much ends with Robin about to knock him off the side of this... Uh, carnival pier area yeah and they they never say it outright because children's cartoon you kind of can't but the the implication is robin is considering murdering this dude in cold blood not just it's not just that he wants to be the one to bring him to justice he may want to kill him for revenge and batman yells at him like stop robin turns to him and says you couldn't possibly understand how much this means to me 
And then he immediately backs down, says, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Yep. And Gordon shows up, brings him into custody, and Batman and Robin have a little, you know, little meeting of the minds there at the at the pier where Robin says, you know what? You were right to take me off of this case. You knew I was going to take it too personal. You were right. And Batman says, well, that that wasn't it. He just, Zuko took so much from you. I couldn't bear the thought that he might take you away from me too. Yeah. And thus ends Robin's Reckoning. Kenny, does this episode hold up? Yes, it does. It does. I didn't, I was not looking forward to this. I told Ben, yeah. as soon as I walked in the door, I was like, ah, I remember this one being a little dark and depressing. Mm-hmm. I would say everybody's uh, voice direction, their acting, pretty great. Yeah. Uh, I was very witty, very uh, fast paced at the beginning. I enjoy the dynamic between the dynamic duo. Yep. Uh, and then the character of Zuko was fantastic. Yeah. I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it, it's quite a good, quite a good episode. Pulls on those heartstrings quite effectively. You're not wrong that it is a a darker, more serious episode. You know, some of the even even some of the uh, like see no evil was an episode with some heavy themes that still managed to get a lot of you know good silly comic relief to lighten the mood very mm-hmm. tastefully. This did not have hardly any of that. Yeah. Past the first scene with with Robin quipping, like that was there, I think, largely to provide a contrast to remind you, Robin's usually a lighter, softer character. So when you see him get serious, it has more of an impact. Yeah. But past that first scene, it is all Batman and Robin are pissed at each other. Here's some of your, you know, your audience insert character that the the kids identify with. Here's his parents dying (laughs) damn near on screen. Let's deal with that. How does grief feel? How does it feel to feel like you've been left alone in the world? Does it ever stop hurting? So yeah, it's, it's a dour episode, but it's effective for all of that. Yeah. This isn't an episode that's fun. Yeah. (laughs) This is is an epic episode. Uh, origin story for Robin, which yeah. I don't know if too many people got origin stories for Robin uh, back in the day. Uh, I mean, in cartoons, like... I mean, we got one in Batman forever. We did. Batboy, Nightwing. I don't know. What do you think? What's a good sidekick name? <laughs> but I don't remember like any origin stories for Robin in, say, uh, you know, the 80s cartoon or before that, even in the campy 60s, anything like that. Yeah. So this was fun. This was a good origin story. Yeah. I I will say a couple of things. I feel like the pacing was rather slow. I think this this is one of those stories that hits that unfortunate, uncanny valley where I would not want to have wanted them to try and cram the whole thing into one part because then it almost certainly would have felt rushed. Right. But as it was, it did feel like this didn't necessarily need the whole 44 minutes for the story they wanted to tell. Hmm. So there's that. And I got to be honest, I don't really like the way it, the way the episode ends. Okay. It's, it tries to tie it up in this neat little bow. Oh, it's not that Batman didn't trust Robin. It's that he was afraid. Like, well, Except Zuko does not register as nearly enough of a threat to make this credible. At no point am I ever, like, 
I'm I'm scared that Zuko might get away. I don't want that because Robin and, and Batman very much want to bring him in. He has evaded justice for nine years. That stakes enough for me. I just don't want him to escape justice. I never feel like, oh no, but he might actually kill one of them. No, never even registers as a threat. Also, Batman, you've sent Robin up against the Joker. You've sent... <laughs> Robin's been right by your side in all kinds of hijinks. You clearly have come to terms with putting this young man in harm's way. And you're going to tell me that this biff-sounding asshole is the one you're... No. What are you looking at, butthead? No, I'm sorry. It just doesn't fly. That's all right. And... I liked that Batman was kind of an authoritarian dick in this episode. He is not perfect. He is not a perfect character. He has flaws. And one of them is this, this person who is crying for emotional availability. He is emotionally shutting him out. And I would have, the way the episode ended with Robin apologizing, Robin saying, you were right especially to an unsophisticated child audience, could have read as, yeah, Batman was right all along. Batman's our hero. Batman's perfect. And I wish they had had the courage of their convictions to say, no, he is our protagonist, but he is not perfect. He has flaws, and he ends this episode with those same flaws intact. We've learned something about him, but he hasn't really learned his lesson here. Okay. I feel like later incarnations, like... Of, of the character. This is something that they're more willing to go into when it gets on into, I mean, especially Batman Beyond, Justice League. They're more willing to present Batman as a flawed protagonist. I feel like they only got like 75, 80% of the way there here, which is still quite good. Yeah. Yeah. But all of which is to say... You want to drop some science on him? I'm excited. Yeah. Let's do this should thing. be some interesting... I have no idea where this is going to place. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah. Uh, lab coat's on. Lab coat's on. Pants is... Pants is... Off! Off! Woo! All right. We have our master list here of 29 episodes. God damn. 29. <laughs> uh, we're in October as of right now. Yeah. The, the calendar is a turned. We are. Oh. Yeah, it'll probably be November. It might, might even be December by the time this comes out. We've. Uh, I'm taking some vacation time in the month of October. So we've built ourselves up a nice healthy backlog. So we'll be able to make our weekly schedule. Yeah, yeah. But all right. As of right now. Two-Face, See No Evil, Cat in the Claw, but where the Grey Ghost, perchance to dream, Heart of Ice, Eternal Youth, Pretty Poison, The Forgotten, Joker's Favor, Feet of Clay, Clock King, Vendetta, The Last Laugh, Nothing to Fear, Dreams in Darkness, Appointment in Crime Alley, On Leather Wings, Christmas with the Joker, Mad as a Hatter, Fear of Victory, POV, Prophecy of Doom, Be a Clown, The Cape and Cowl Conspiracy, It's Never Too Late, The Underdwellers, Hammerman, Nobody's Perfect, and I've got Batman in my basement. Yeah! <laughs> Suck it, Micro Machines guy. <laughs> Big trains in town. The Micro Machine Man here, aircraft carrier there. You can't have that, but you can't have this. The new Micro Machine aircraft carrier place it. Oh man, <laughs> is Robin's reckoning better or worse than oh. <laughs> number twenty-eight? Hammer Man, nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this hasn't happened yet. Yeah. This is a first, ladies and gentlemen. We have not had it land on the Hammer Man one yet. I don't think we yet. have. Not since no. we originally placed it. 
I think, yeah, it's it's always hit either just below it, I've got Batman in my basement, yep. or just above it, the Underdwellers. Be, yeah, take a shot, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> take a shot every time it lands on a, the Hammer Man's Nobody Perfect. Because there were no explosions in this. No, no, there weren't. Damn. It was a relatively subdued episode yeah. as far as that goes. Most of the action was the uh, Robin's motorcycle stuff. Yeah. Well, I will have to say... Mm-hmm. This was better. Yes. <laughs> it's true that nobody's perfect, and this is a very good episode. Not a perfect episode, but better than Hammerman. Yes, I concur. <laughs> All right. Thank you, R and Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, R and Jesus. That was fun. <laughs> Get the easy ones out of the way before we move on to the hard Thank ones. Thank you for that. That was yeah, nice. Yeah, nice little breather before we start. All right, little warm up. Is this better or worse than number twenty? Mad as a Hatter. Yes. Yep, better than Mad as a Hatter. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Mad as a Hatter's all right. This is better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> this I agree. has... You know, I've I've wondered, because I've been... Uh, I think at the time of this recording, Mad as a Hatter just came out last weekend. I've yeah. been sort of wondering, like, was I too hard on Mad as a Hatter? It had some, you know... But, but this one, yeah, is head and shoulders stronger. I think, yeah. I mean, we could... We could always go back on all these and be like, you know, in retrospect, no. that's not what science is about. Yeah, you never revise <laughs> your theories. You uh, you you prove them once, and that's it forever. Once those pants are down, they're down. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. Is Robin's Reckoning better or worse than... Number three, The Cat and the Claw. This, this episode had more heart to it. Yeah. It had, like... The centerpiece of this episode was the characters, and that's something that I appreciate. The Cat and the Claw had so many really cool set pieces. Yeah. The pacing was better in Cat and the Claw. I, I, I think, think the Cat, Cat and the, the Claw is better. Yeah. yeah. It's a close thing. Took some... That, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to leave that long pregnant pause in there. Honestly, I usually cut them out for the benefit of our listening audience, but just so you know... There was a long <laughs> pregnant pause while we both sat and considered. The hamster in our wheel was uh, <laughs> was running along as fast as it could to, to come up with that one. But I think we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a close thing, though. Yeah. All right. Is Robin's Reckoning better or worse than number 11, Feet of Clay? Yeah. yeah, yeah, better than Feet of Clay. Yeah, Feet of Clay was you know had its high points. It it had the, some amazing transformation sequences, some amazing animation, some really good voice work, but this, some some really good moves in Feet of Clay. It did. Uh, this one had, like you said, a lot of heart, and uh, I appreciated it for its uh, origin uh, story. So yeah, yeah, it's better. All right, getting. Ever closer is Robin's Reckoning better or worse than number seven, Eternal Youth? I'm going to say better. Eternal Youth had a lot of good stuff in it. It had freaky deaky tree people. Yeah. I liked Alfred's Alfred's girlfriend, Maggie. I don't yeah. think she's ever going to show up again, and that makes me sad. She's, <laughs> she, she's a nice lady, yeah. and it's nice to see Alfred getting out of the house and enjoying himself. Yeah, she's one and done, though. Yeah. We'll never see her again. Yeah. No, I agree. Robin's Reckoning is better. Yeah. And, I mean, you know Alfred. Uh, 
what is what is it? What's the saying? Not love them and leave them. Uh, be largely indifferent towards them and leave them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't seem to really too, care too much about that relationship. Except when he had those enzymes up in his system. Yeah, then he was uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> red-faced and all. Yeah. He liked Maggie then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is Robin's Reckoning better or worse than number four? Beware the Grey Ghost. No. Yeah, I, th- I think those are those are both episodes with a lot of heart. Yeah. But I think but, Beware the Grey Ghost accomplishes the perfect amount balance. Whereas this one... Yeah, the Grey Ghost had, had action. It had... It was so breezily paced. Mm-hmm. It was just the, the perfect 22 minutes of Batman. Yeah. This, I think the highs might have been higher, but as a total package, it's just a little more uneven. Yeah, I agree. All right. Getting very close now. Do you feel like, and I I don't know if our viewers, I feel like we're tiptoeing on this one. (laughs) Like we're nervous about this one. Yeah, a little (laughs) bit. And I had read, and maybe I shouldn't have let it, um, this one is universally loved. Yeah. Uh, On the internet, the the Nerdist, the AV Club, Mm -hmm. a lot of... Batman aficionados consider this the best, if not the best, one of the best episodes. So I'm kind of like afraid that as we're doing our experimentation here, because it's all science. Yeah, clearly. Uh, it, it's one of those things where it's like, are we stepping on territory where we should step? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually read a blog post. I I forget the website, which is good because I'm about to be uh, not complimentary, where they... <laughs> Where this blog writer actually has already gone through and ranked all of the episodes of Batman the Animated Series. And I thought... That was our idea, though. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I thought, should I read this post? Because might that not contaminate my science? But I went ahead and read it anyway, and I realized, no, I'm good, because this guy's a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) He was wrong so many times, and we're never wrong. Nope. It's all science. It's all science. It's proven. Yeah. So suck it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Is Robin's Reckoning better or worse than number five, Perchance to Dream? Oh, that's the Mad Hatter one. Yeah. It's um, the... Dude, there's so many of them now. It's yeah, it's getting getting rough. <laughs> <laughs> I think Perchance to Dream is better. Yeah, I think for, for much the same reason as Beware the Grey Ghost, the highs are maybe not quite as high, but it's... And it, it does sag a little in the second act, but it's also, it tells its story in twenty in 22 minutes. It gets in, tells, you know, does what it sets out to yeah. do and gets out. It's a nice compact story. Yeah. And that's something, efficiency and elegance in storytelling is something that I always appreciate. I agree. Yeah. So, okay. Final decision of the day. Is Robin's Reckoning better or worse than Heart of Ice? And this is where I'm I'm gonna say Robin's Reckoning edges it out. I think Heart of Ice is is one that you know we always come back to that performance, yeah. the poetry, the monologues. Well, I kinda wanna go back to performance for this one. Robin's mm-hmm. Reckoning, I think, is a fantastic piece for all the voice actors. Yeah. So but then again, the storyline for, for Heart of Ice is there's a lot of heart in Heart of Ice. There is. But 
I mean, there's a lot of heart in Robin's Reckoning, there, too. There is more heart. And when it comes to, and look, maybe this is just me showing my scientific bias, but if you think of what can you most relate to, having your loved one uh, cryogenically frozen and then losing the ability to exist in warm temperatures because of a cartoonishly evil uh, corporate megalomaniac or a loved one dying. <laughs> you know Robin's Reckoning is just more relatable yeah it's by virtue of being less fantastical and by virtue of being just constantly the conflict is always around the characters yeah, yeah Heart of Ice is a great science fiction story whereas this one's a good I guess you would call it film not film noir but it's a good detective story it feels like something of the era of the 40s um, I could see like a Cary Grant film yeah, in this style. I will agree. Robin's Reckoning. All right. Well, that puts Robin's Reckoning at number six, just below Perchance to Dream and just above Heart of Ice. Okay. All right. Man, this, this top 10 list is looking more and more <laughs> packed by the moment. Oh, man. This is great. Whew. All right. Let's see what we got coming up next week. Next week, we've got more Joker with The Laughing Fish. All right. I like this one. Yeah. Now, if I'm remembering correctly, and we talk all the time about how these tend to run together, isn't this the one where the ending very strongly implies that the Joker got eaten by a shark? Yes. And that, But then he's just back the next time he's back with no explanation, which yes. I love. Yes. <laughs> in in today's era of highly serialized television, this would never fly. No. But I I love like yeah, he sort of got eaten by a shark, but fuck it, he's back. He's the Joker. Yeah. You can't keep him down. You think a shark can stop the Joker? Fuck you. <laughs> I remember this also doesn't have a title card. Um it's it does, but it's uh it's animated it's not just like a static title card like the rest it shows the name of of the title but just over actual footage yeah okay and it's it's a sign with a smiling fish and if i'm recalling correctly i'm just looking at the still image right now it's raining and the sign is like swaying in the breeze oh that's how it is then okay yeah but yeah, I remember this as being a good, like, we, we talked in Joker's favor about Joker's at his best when he's just being zany and just messing with people. Yeah. I remember this being a good Joker being zany and messing with people episode. This is that one. Yeah. yeah for sure. And you get more Harley Quinn. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of which, have you seen the trailer for the uh, the new Harley Quinn movie? Uh, all I saw was the little, the the tiny little stealth teaser in front of It Part 2. We'll see how it is. It's uh, It looked okay, but then again, it's just a trailer. We yeah. don't know. But as, as of recording this right now, I will be seeing the Joker movie, and apparently the trailer is before the Joker movie. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how everything holds up. Yep. Hopefully DC's kind of figured it out now because I think it's taken them a while to get into the cinematic universe. Yeah, see, I'm I'm over here like I have enough trouble getting my pants on to get out and see a Marvel <laughs> movie, which are consistently good. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm at a point with the DC extended universe or whatever they're calling it. The, yeah. They can't call it the... <laughs> 
I don't know. Fuck it. But, uh, <laughs> well, you don't have two kids. Any chance I can get out of the out of the house for two hours in a, in yeah, a movie theater? Yeah, I'll yeah, take fair. it. No, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, I think it should be called the DC Film Universe or DCFU. <laughs> nice. Because I feel like somebody said "fu" every time I watch one of their movies. <laughs> I like that actually. That's really that's smart. Anyway, yeah, they're. Wonder Woman was okay, and that's as good as they've gotten. Well, we'll see. I, we'll I see. hear good things for Joker. So, yeah, well, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently we're hearing different things from different people. We'll see. We'll see. And we'll see. Where can people see you on the internet, uh, should they so desire? Yeah. Uh, come on. Join me on over. I'm at Weiske TV on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find me at, at HBI2K on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Ben Creighton. Or, if you like YouTube videos about Link to the Past, youtube.com slash hpi2k. You can find us there, and we'll find you next time on Bat Rankings. Bye, everybody! Bye!